What's good, our rangers? What's popping? It's your homegirl, Jordan Shanetza, and welcome back to another brand new episode of Her Hour. Um, as you know, we are currently on the Influence series where we are joined by people at different levels of influence discussing what influence means to these people within their context, from their perspectives. And so, yeah, today's conversation was really a whole lot of fun. Our guest was amazing. And I think that you guys are going to really enjoy what we spoke about. And so I hope that you guys continue watching and I will see you guys on the other side. Click, strike up, pose. Okay, so as you can see, I am not by myself anymore. I am joined by none other than the one and the only, the most exceptional love of my life. Hey. Vera, guys, it was good. <laughs> I was trying to do like a dance, like, because I've got this whole tribal thing going on. Yes. Oh, no, 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 no. Guys, Vera is feeding herself because she is now the damn loot girl from, hey. from Twitter. Her little tweet got so many retweets and likes on Twitter. So she's now feeding herself. She's now like, yes, I'm yes. the damn loot girl. Mm. Yes. Mm -mm. Do your thing, girl. They must know. Okay, well. <laughs> We are also joined by um, another species, which we call a man. Um, <laughs> we are joined by a man on this podcast, <laughs> guys. Be not afraid. Be not afraid. We do have those on our podcast once in a while. So yeah. <laughs> please handle with care, handle with love. And please, I would just like to give this space, this time for this species to introduce himself <laughs> i thought i was gonna get an introduction also but okay that's fine <laughs> well i also want to do the dance you know i, I can also dance like, okay but, uh, do it do it you are welcome hey, may, maybe may, maybe later i might i might just do the what you call that dance these days that they do the, the buggy dance what June buggy. i have no idea <laughs> Anyway, no. hey guys, uh, my name is Willard Kachere. I am Will K in my spare time. But um, yeah, I'm a serial entrepreneur. Yeah, I guess that, that sums it all up. Basically, I am into finance. I am into technology and sports tourism and entertainment and a whole bunch of other things. But for now, we'll leave it at that. But um, yeah, that's basically me. Okay, okay. I, I, I heard a, a little rundown, guys. So I hope you have your notebooks out and you're taking notes. Like, I heard entrepreneur, I heard uh, this, I heard, yeah, I heard a lot of titles. So take notes. We, I'm, I'm taking notes. I'm like, I also want to have like six titles. So shout out. <laughs> shout out to you. Uh, thank you for coming on. Thank you for joining us in this conversation. Um, but right now, before we jump into this conversation, I have to ensure that the pipes in my throat are lubricated. And you know who is going to help me with that? It's Kuva Beverages. And so basically, they are the brand that is sponsoring the lubrication of my throat throughout <laughs> this episode. And so, yeah, um, check them out. They are Bever Beverages brand. They're local. They are owned by a local um 
person. So feel free to check them out. Enjoy the beverages. Enjoy the drinks. Um, Will, are you drinking something? Do you mind me calling you Will? Or would you like me to government name you? No, Will's fine. I am drinking <laughs> Corona that we like. So, yeah. Ooh. Apparently, apparently they Corona say, has entered the chat. Yeah, they're saying that Kuva is better than Corona. And since I support local... Ah. Maybe if they actually they've called me in for a meeting, I might just switch Do from it. Corona. <laughs> Do, it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. Um, anyway, okay, great. So we are just gonna dive right into the conversation. As you know, we are discussing influence and what that means to different people at different levels of influence and how that plays its role in the society and the world that we live in today. And so just to jump into this conversation, my first question for everyone at this, at this table, I'm going to say a table, but there's no table. So um, everyone seated before me. Um, okay, Vera is providing the table for us. So thank you, Vera. <laughs> um, so the first question I'm asking is, what does influence mean to us? What is, like, when you hear the word influence, what comes to mind? So yeah. Hit me. Who's going first to the question? Ladies first? You. No, you can go first because you are the guest uh, and you're special for today. Okay. So for me, I th the first word that actually comes to mind when I hear influence is more of impact. I don't know why impact, but that's the first word that really comes to mind. But they do say that action is, is the blossom of thought, if I'm not mistaken. Right. So I believe that we all have that superpower. We all have the ability to impact someone in one way or the other. So for me, influence would basically be, you know, when you inspire action in certain individuals or actually when you inspire action in people yeah. to then, you know, for them to take on something or, you know, even bring about change or, you know, just stuff like that. So, yeah, basically changing someone's mind in a way. But yeah, that, that's the sort of impact. So it's more of impact, inspire, you know, that, that sort of thing. That, that's what I, I, I right. think of when I think influence before the dictionary. Meaning. Right, right. Um, well, you basically, I, I saw you, I follow you on, on Instagram. And so the other day you shared something that said, influencer versus influenza and I was like that is really actually so impactful because you know influence is something that is infectious but it could be bad infectious or it could be a good infectious so I really love that that paradox that you put out there that was like you know what you can have influence you can be someone who is in a position of influence but the influence does not always have a good impact it's not always you know, influencing people to do the right things or to make the right decisions. Um, so I, I really believe that influence is something that plays a role in, in helping people to make decisions. And sometimes those decisions aren't the best. Yeah. Sometimes they're amazing. So yeah, I just thought of you when I saw, when you just said that I was like, mm, influencer, influencer, that, that was a great one. If you took it like that, then I'm so happy because when I put it, it's from this one video I once saw on Twitter. Like some girl saying, I want to be an influenza. 
So that wasn't really what I what I was putting out there, but you know, oh, now God. that you explained it in that way, I'm like, that works. Okay, I'll go with that. You should have just taken it. You should have just kept quiet and taken it. Like, <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I meant. <laughs> so, Vera, do you have anything that you'd like to say on that? Um. No, I just wanted to make a comment about like what she said about even if the influence is a stupid thing. And I will continue to say this, even though he is no longer president. But like what Trump did with those idiots when they um, stormed the Capitol, like um, it was literally them just consistently saying things that managed to influence like a large crowd of grown ass people who knew better to go and do the dumbest thing that they've probably ever done in their whole lives. So yeah, it can be good or bad. That's the superpower I was talking about right there. Right. The ability to plant a seed in someone and you know just let it grow and someone does whatever it is, you know, either good or bad. Mm. Hence influenza influenza. See what I did there? <laughs> right, right. Right. Um well, you know what, when we talk about someone like Donald Trump, I think of the fact that Donald Trump has been in the media for a really long time. He's someone that we've known, someone that, you know, has become like a household name. We used to watch, well, when I was a little bit younger, I'm still young, but I mean, <laughs> when I was a little bit younger, I used to watch The Apprentice and he was like a household name. I used to think that this man was so amazing like he's creating all these opportunities for people and he's teaching people to be like go-getters and whatever and then he became whoever he became and yeah and my opinion obviously changed about him and so when I think about that I'm just like you know it's it took him a lot of time to garner this new image for himself to be like I am whoever that I am at this moment um, but in that that time of The Apprentice, he might not have wanted to have been seen in the light of being someone who is inspirational or whatever. But now when he took the time to actually put in work and, and, and garner his own influence, that's who he became. So my question to you, Will, is did you um, consciously garner your influence? I, I, I do think that you have influence. I don't know if you think that you have influence, but you do have influence in your own capacity. And my question is, do you think that you did it subconsciously or it just, you woke up one day and you were like, oh, wow, I have all this influence and I don't know what to do with it. Or what was the situation? It started when I think other people identified something special in me, if I should say. So like my coaches, because I've literally been captain everything. So I think it was more of, you know, you're wow. a leader. So in the beginning, I never used to like it because I don't like telling people what to do because I believe that everyone should just do what they're meant to do. Like, I don't like pushing people. My employees know this. I don't like pushing people. I, I don't just do what you're meant to do. Mm. But I had to learn to, you know, be accommodating. I had to learn. And it was crazy because I had to become emotionally intelligent at a very young age because you know you're just kids and you're you're dealing with you know you're dealing with people that are mentally strong at that point you're dealing with guys or you know girls that are fragile you know so you had to watch what you say constantly so being in that position you know i think all the way through from junior school to high school i think i then realized you know what like maybe a couple of people do actually listen to me some people don't like it mm -hmm. some people like it okay cool so what are we going to do with this 
And then I then started figuring out the, the problems that other people had when we, when we were growing up that I didn't have. So like I never had um, self-esteem issues and I started trying to figure out where that came from. It was, it was because in my house, it was always positive affirmations every single day. Mm. You know, my parents telling me you can do this. It wasn't all the time, but most of the time it was like, yeah, you can do this. You got this. My coaches, my teachers. So from listening to all that and, you know, developing relationships with people that were older, I then realized, you know, what, some people never get to build relationships because they're either shy, they are, you know, they're just not comfortable building those sort of relationships, but they can build relationships with their colleagues. So what I then started doing was I just started spreading positivity, which was that, that, that's where it all started. For me, it was just, guys, we got this. No matter how tough things are, we got this. No matter how down the team is, we got this. And from there, it just kind of grew. And, you know, then social media became a thing. So I've always been one person to jump on to certain things early. So like Facebook, I remember in our whole school, I think there was probably like, what, 16 people on Facebook when it started. You know, and I was one of those people. So I was always, you know, ready to, you know, learn new things. Mm. which kind of put me ahead because I always knew stuff. People that people didn't know stuff. So they would come to me and ask. So I was like, okay, cool. They're coming to me? Cool. So that means I can tell them what to do. Luckily, I wasn't so much of an influencer. You know, I was a good influence back then. Um, yes, I was naughty to a degree, but, you know, I changed. Back then, <laughs> has it changed? <laughs> yeah, no, it changed, it changed. Um, so yeah, and then from there, I just took it to social media and I just started posting. Mm -hmm. And in the beginning, you actually think that no one is watching. You're just putting stuff out there. So in the beginning, right. it wasn't even, it wasn't my own quotes. I used to just find random quotes by other people and then just post it up, you know, and people would be like, oh, this is encouraging and everything. And then I started realizing that my mind was very fast. I could hear two words and I could come up with, with a quote and I'd say it and I'd forget it. So then now... I write, I write in my notes. And then that's how Mindset Monday came about. That's how, um, you know, the Wilke experience came about, you know, the book club and stuff like that. So I, I didn't wake up to it. It was intentional action over the years. And, you know, it just, it just so happened that, you know, I have a larger following than, you know, than some people. And, you know, I guess the sphere of influence has grown by that because, I guess kindness always wins, as they say. So, you know, stuff like that. So that's how we ended up there. Right, right. That's perfect. Vera, do you have anything you'd like to contribute? Um, yeah, like <laughs> I've always said this. I, I wanted to be famous, have influence. And um, I think I just really appreciate um, people that take the time out to like to focus on smaller pockets of influence. I think sometimes, um, you know, people focus on like, oh, I want to reach 20,000 people at once. But um, I think I've also gotten to a point now of appreciating just like if I can change one person's day by smiling at them, then like, that's cool. So I think that's like pretty much the level where I'm at now. Great if I can reach 5,000 people, 500 people or 20 people. But um, at the end of the day, it's just about, can I just change someone's life at least once? a day or yeah right 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 um well you brought up the, the fact that like you grew up in um 
this sort of environment where um, I'm going to speak on, speak on the fact that she said that you, you've been captain your whole life and you've been like a celebrated person, a celebrated being. And I think that a question that comes to mind, I think even for a lot of the, the women who might be watching this or the, the women who have watched our podcast in the previous years, even for myself, maybe even Vera, I don't know. I'm not going to speak for Vera, but I'll speak for myself. Um, the first question that comes to my mind is that you know, we live in obviously a patriarchal society and the way that things are set up is that so that men can advance and be at the top of the totem pole at all times. And well, um, obviously, when you say things like um, you've been the captain your whole life, whatever, whatever, the first thing that comes to my mind is, do you think that um, being a man helps someone to get into a position of influence more easily? Or do you think that like, um, it has nothing to do with anything or in your own situation, your own experience, do you think if you, I don't think you, I, I can't ask you if you, if, if you are a woman, cause I don't think you can think into that experience, but I mean, like, do you think you would have been less advantaged if you weren't in your position? <laughs> okay. <laughs> The way, the way it took you so long to ask that. I, I get what you mean. Um, I feel like to a degree, in certain situations, yes, I feel like I was given the upper edge, like I had the upper edge because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm male. It, it is what right. it is. That, that's, that's the society we live in. But I'm so glad that, you know, that, that all is being decentralized now. I think the more young people get into these spaces, the more young people have influence, you're starting to see women being celebrated, which is something that I, I really appreciate because our women have so much to give, but you know, for, you to, for them to be able to shine, they need to be either given, given the space to shine, or you know, just you know, have, have the, the courage to put themselves in that position of which most people, because of how we grew up, you know, it's like even just how we grew up, like as kids, it was in my family, there were no duties for girls and there were no duties for guys. Everyone does everything. So by the time you get to a certain level, you can cook the sadza, you can, you know, you can, um, you can make the bed, you can wash your own clothes and stuff like that. And, you know, still do the garden. And it was the same for my sisters. So growing up like that and then now being in a position where I can get, I get to employ certain people. I'm like, I, I don't care what gender you are. Can you get the job done? That's, that's what I want. You know, how much of an impact are you bringing to the organization? You know, how, how much of an impact are you bringing to the country at large? Those are the kind of things I look at. For me, I don't hire people based really on experience. I just hire people based on the impact that they're going to, you know, they're going to have in the organization. So, yeah, I mean, it's fading away slowly, but surely, but we definitely have to be very intentional about, about, you know, plugging, mm. plugging our girls and our women into, into spaces where they can be heard because I believe that half of these problems that we have now would not exist if we actually gave, you know, our females a chance to actually voice out, Right, right. I love that you keep saying our women, our women, our women, <laughs> like very like community, very communal, very like ownership. I love that. Um, but what I want to say, oh, no, Vera, do you want to do you want to comment on anything before I 
move forward. Okay, so basically what I wanted to say is that I, I, I do think that obviously the way that society is set up, um, unfortunately, equality is one of those things. This is just my opinion. Oh, yes. And before I move forward, I think it's important for me to say that everything that we say in this this piece of um, video, piece of visual is all our opinions. It's all opinion based and it is not, it, it may be factual, but we are not saying anything to try and sway anyone into believing anything or trying to say that what we believe is the law of the land. Um, and with that being said, my belief is that, you know, as much as we can say equality, 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 um, it's just one of those things that like, um, people put it out there to create hope and to create like a goal for us to work towards. But I don't necessarily think that it's something that we can achieve in the near future because of the way that society is set up because of like the, the systems that have been put in place, systems of oppression, systems of upliftment, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, and unfortunately, like, it's great. Like, I, I think it's really, it's, it's great that you are someone who in within your organizational um, space, you are working towards creating a, a sphere where people have equitable treatment. And it's not about, you know, oh, she has a uterus and oh, oh she's a woman. Oh, she, oh, 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 he is a guy and or whatever. Like, it's about what you can bring to the table. And I think that's the kind of world that we need to live in. I think that's really important. And with that being said, I think that there are a lot of people who aren't about that. There are a lot of people who are not socially conscious. They ignore what is going on on a social level. And um, when it comes to influence, obviously we operate, everyone op operates in, on a social level. And so my question to you is, do you think that people should risk like should have a sort of social responsibility. You know how corporations have corporate social responsibility and you're supposed to, to you know, do certain things for your organization. You know, um, this question comes about because last year when we were having, you know, the Zim Lives Matter riots, I'm, I'm gonna call them riots, protests. There were a lot of people who didn't wanna speak out. There were a lot of people who kept quiet. There were a lot of people who spoke out. Um, and even with the Black Lives Matter thing, putting the two on the same scale, there were some people who spoke up for Black Lives Matter that was Zimbabwean, but when it came to like a Zim Lives Matter situation, they were very quiet, not willing to say anything. And so my question is, do you think that social responsibility is something that goes hand in hand with being an influencer or they exist on completely different planets? That, that's a hard one. That, that's a hard one. The reason why I'm saying it's a hard I'm one good is because at I'm really good at those. <laughs> right. I'm saying I'm saying it's a hard one because you don't know why someone decided to become an influencer. You see, some people are very conscious of you know what they're trying to do. You know, I'm trying to change the world. You know, some people are just trying to make money. Some people made one video and it went viral and they woke up and all of a sudden they're considered an influencer, which was what my rant was about. Like what exactly are we calling an influencer and are we minding the people that we're listening to, mm. you know? So yeah, that, that responsibility, I mean, if in a perfect world, 
it would be great if we could take on that responsibility, you know, if we could, you know, just take on that social, social responsibility and, you know, impact the world like that. But yeah, man, with influencers, it's different. I, I've seen it all. I've seen people that really want to change the world for no money at all. I've seen people that want to change the world and want money. And then I've just seen people that want money and don't care. You know, don't, don't care what, what they're putting out there. So it, it becomes a, a, a bit tricky. So I guess, and you can't force it on somebody. That's also another thing. You know, you can't force that responsibility onto somebody. It's, it's an issue. You know, I, I've tried to have, to have conf- like um, conversations with some influencers, like, why don't you try and change A, B, C, D? Because you're misleading people into thinking this and that. But to me, they just say, look, that's where the money's at. And that's what I care about. So imagine trying to speak to that person about, hey, look, you know, um, social responsibility. They're going to look at you like, what is that? <laughs> you know, so right. I guess also we also have to do a, a better job ourselves because what we forget is these people become an influencer because of us. It's our support. It's those likes, those comments. Yeah. You know, if a kid is being naughty, right, and you keep smiling at the kid, what's the kid going to do? They're going to get even worse. Same thing. You know, if, if an influencer feels like they have so much influence, but they're influencing the wrong things, the less attention we give them, then there's no more influence. The less the money and whatever, they become irrelevant. You know, rather we start supporting what really matters in this life. But I don't know. There's always an excuse. You know, that will bring about a whole conversation because there's always an excuse why we should laugh at certain things because our oh, Zim is so hard now, you know, we better laugh about certain things. But what we don't realize is as much as we are laughing at certain things, they're also killing this generation. We are putting people in a position where they can influence us into, you know, thinking and doing um, things that are not so good. Mm. And then in turn, and that's a temporary fix. You know, we may laugh about it now, but long-term, it's not helping us at all. So it's, it's a bit hard, but in, in a perfect world, I would love for influencers to take on that responsibility, you know, just to Im- impact, impact the country and just impact the world socially like that. Right, right, right. Um, Vera, do you have anything you'd like to say? Everyone knows my stance on this, guys, and I will say it again and again until the series is over. If you are an influencer, celebrity, if you are in a position of influence, I'm sorry, boo-boo, honey, sweetie, sugar, but it is your responsibility to say something. When the people need you to say something, you need to say something. Um, I think I can, I want to put it on a smaller scale because I think sometimes we look at this from such a large scale, like, oh my gosh, Zim lives matter. Nah, let's put it in a a homestead because we're also talking about small scale influence. In a homestead, you have the Bamkuru, and then you have all of the brothers and their children and whatever, right? And then we find out that one of the uncles is a molester. And then the Bamkuru doesn't say anything. He just keeps quiet and says, oh, well, you know, it is what it is. But everyone knows about it. Everyone, like, all the moms are like, nah, but our kids are not safe with this nigga. Can we do something about it? And the person who has influence, who can probably convince everyone to write statements to get this person arrested, is like, mm, well... It's not going with my brand. Like my brand is just for me to be, you know, the family head and just, you know, kill the cow at the funerals. Nah, fam. Like you have to say something. And I think 
that's what we have to look at um, for the greater good. Like what kind of a, a future do you want your children growing up in? If you look at the, the Zim Lives Matter movement, I'll keep going back to that. It's a situation where, do you want your child to grow up in, a, in, an, in an environment where they're afraid of police? Right now, if you go and ask little kids in the ghetto if they want to be policemen, none of them will say yes. But when we were growing up, it was very easy for you to find kids who would say like, oh, I want to be a policeman when I grow up because it was something cool. When our parents were kids, they wanted to be policemen because it was a respectable job. But now we look at it as like, our police are jacked up because they're beating up people. Do you get it? So what kind of a future yeah. do you want your kids to grow up in? We, Jordan and I, like, if we want to have babies, if we want to, you know, if you have, we have sisters who have kids who are giving birth, we have friends who are giving birth. So we want them to go to a hospital and lose their baby. Do, are we really thinking about like what people are experiencing, what people are going through? We hear that other women are being raped and violated so and you don't want to say something about that you don't want to stop it because it's not in your backyard but you do know that you are perpetuating the kind of environment that your kids your daughter is going to grow up in an environment where someone will rape her and walk away with it and she'll have to face her raper every single day in her life knowing that this nigga is actually living his best life but you're you're traumatized so no i feel like when you're in a position of influence you have to say something when the cause is big enough and um you have to give your opinion because being quiet just means that you are supporting whatever BS is going on. That's my two cents. What a question. <laughs> right. No, yeah. no, 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 no. Go ahead. Okay. So, so I, I, my, I know my, my friends, some of my friends are influencers and they really want to be vocal. And some of them were very vocal, mm. but then because their parents were a part of, you know, a certain party, they got bashed down so bad, mm. you know, for speaking out. Like that's know, what happened. Zim loves matter. So yeah. now my question is, <laughs> my question is, at that point, if if that was me, or if that was you rather, mm. what would you have done? You know, you're trying to speak out. You've got no business. Like you've got no business. You know, with what your parents have done. Let's say. You've been public, and you've, you know, you've probably said, "No, look, what what our parents did was wrong, and everything." You've spoken about it, but still, time and time again, you know, you're still trying to be a part of that conversation. You're still trying to be, you know, part of the movement because the cause is big enough. But people still keep, you know, just you know, shooting you down. Yeah. At that stage, what would you guys do? I'd keep doing it, guys. I feel like at the end of the day, you need to understand why you're pushing the movement. Am I doing the Zim Lives Matter thing for clout because I want to get 5,000 likes on Twitter? Am I doing Save the Babies because I want people to think that, you know, I'm woke? Nah, I'm doing it because I believe in the movement. And like for me, why I, I'll give a personal experience. Why I was pushing the Zim Lives Matter thing is because I was like, listen, Zim needed an uprising that would get like the government to think and to actually realize that, shoot, we need to do something. So it wasn't about how many people retweeted my posts, but it was just about my one tweet is going to help with that hashtag was going to help to make the hashtag trend for a day longer. Just my one tweet, my five tweets that had zero likes, zero retweets. So at the end of the day, why are you doing this? Are you doing this because you, you want the love and the likes and the kisses and the roses and the whatever, or are you doing it because you actually believe in the movement? A good example of someone who you know, changing your narrative, because I think a lot of the times 
a lot of these kids, especially if you're you're a Zanu kid, it's very hard to change your narrative because everyone is just like, well, you're a Zanu kid, so you don't know how to struggle. But like, it's it has happened, guys. Fadzima Here is technically a Zanu kid. Rumeneko is also a Zanu kid. But these guys have changed their narratives to be like, listen, like we also see the BS. We will speak from what we know, but we're also going to stand up for things that we think is BS. And at the end of the day, I think the longer you keep pushing that correct narrative, I'm saying correct in quotes, but the longer you keep pushing that narrative and you're unapologetic about it to say that, yeah, my dad was a land baron. He lived his best life, but I think my dad was an asshole. But And like all of his homies are assholes too. <laughs> so like, yeah, these things need to bounce. I'm like, cool, do the things, right? Like say it. And the more you say, people are gonna be like, okay, you know what? More people will come to your defense. More people will defend you because they just see that you're not doing it for clout. Because a lot of the times you'll find that these people are just doing it for clout. And that's why people come at you. But the more you're consistent with what you're pushing and what you believe in, people end up rolling with it. And they'll be like, okay, cool. We see you. You must be for real. Right. Okay. I, I think I completely agree with you. I think I, I agree with Vera. Like it, it's a fervent, it's, it's, it's persistent. You don't just stop because people threw tomatoes at you. If you're really passionate about something, it doesn't end there. You know, anyone who is building something knows that at the beginning of, of everything, there's going to be resistance. Resistance is a natural force of movement. You know what I'm saying? Like it's part of gravity. It's part, it's like, it's a, it's nature. Resistance is part of the natural laws of the universe. And so if you're not, if you're not facing resistance, unfortunately, then maybe you're not actually doing anything that's worth having, you know, any impact. So I think that const consistency, being, being persistent, um, continuing to stand within your own convictions, those are important things. Mm. I don't think you should just give up because people were like, you know what, dog, shut up. You know, you don't have to shut up just because people tell you to shut up. Keep talking. You know what I'm saying? If I think of all the times that I could, I could have shut up when people told me to shut up, I would be shut up and in, probably in the grave by now. But I'm not. And I'm here and I'm speaking to y'all because I don't want to shut up. And I want to keep on speaking on the things that I'm passionate about. And if people have a problem with that, that's not my problem. Like, go and find somewhere else with your little congregation where y'all can have a problem together and have a little problem party, light candles, cut cake, drink drinks without me because I'm not going to be a part of that. Do you know what I'm saying? So uh, <laughs> I think just to move into the next part of this conversation, they are when you're speaking about these people who, you know, they are might have been, I don't want to say, I'm just going to say ZANU kids, but basically... <laughs> They can become out of touch. Um, there was this story on the Red Table Talk um, about this this girl. Her, her parents were Massimo and um, her, her and I don't know. I think her name was Lori, Lori Laughlin or something. And there was like this whole um, college admission scandal where basically these these rich people were making big donations to these universities so that their kids could get into these schools without having to do like all these, going through all these, um, what is the word? Going through all these like exams to get in, all these whatever like um, assessment tests. And so basically they were getting in because of the amount of money they had. And so now this girl's family got arrested. Her parents are now in jail. 
and she was just saying like in in that moment she thought it was very normal because this is what people in Hollywood do they their parents pay big donations to these schools and then they get in and that's just life and for me that's very out of touch because there are a lot of people who are struggling taking you know all of these these loans to go to varsity and they they are working their asses off to get into these schools and she's out of touch because all of the people around her it's normal to them there's no such like i can get whatever i want money can buy my happiness and so my question to you is do you think that like being out of touch is something that comes as as a symptom of influence or do you think that you can still be in touch and be influential <laughs> these 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 questions are very controversial. <laughs> They're very controversial. You know, I, I think the first thing that comes to mind when you say something like that is, you know, look at look at the situation that we have. We have the north north of Samora and we've got the south of Samora, mm. right? Mm. How much of us? How much of us from the north? Well, I stay in the south. Is a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> but I, played, uh, I, I stay in the south you know i stay on the south side of samora but you know my question is how many people from the north actually know what's going on in the south mm. you know like you know so i mean we, uh, it, it's, it's a tricky one it's a tricky one because obviously we are the product of what we see and what we hear you know like it's easy to create a bubble like you know, I, I learned at I learned at Midlands Christian College, and for the longest time, our bubble there was, you know, certain things that we were taught there. You know, very good principles. You know, but in a perfect world, you step out of MCC, it's it's a crazy world. You're like, whoa, I was not ready for this. Mm. You know, so it was easy for us to believe what what we were being told and, you know, it, it was true. They were teaching us good things, but we then started becoming a product of that. So same as now, like, you know, if Lori didn't know, like, I mean, it's easy to, because you're living your life. Half the time you don't even take a second to think about, you know, oh, this is what's going on. Or half the time you probably don't even know. And maybe right. when you find out it's already too late. And, th and then what? The question is, do you then go and volunteer up your parents to the police? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Somebody that called me <laughs> You know, so it, it puts us, you know, like parents put us, sometimes they put us in a very difficult position because I, I don't know what to do with what I know. You know, do I then go and give them up to the police? Do I speak up on it? You know, maybe may in due time, but at the same time, do I then not go to school? Do I tell them I don't want to go? Do I then go to a group B school and I can go to an A school? So there's a whole lot of stuff to 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 consider. And I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how to feel about that. I really don't know how to feel about it. I mean, yes, it's wrong. The action is wrong. But then people will come out and say, look, I'll do anything for my kids. Uh, now, how do, you, how do you tackle that? Do you then sit there and be like, oh, no. The question is, what, wait, actually, let me ask you guys, what would you do? What, what would you guys do if you guys could? Your what would I do? What would I do? Okay. 
yeah. know, I was in the same position. You know what? If I had all the money in the world, to be honest, I would cut my kids off at 18 because that's what my parents did to me. After I finished high school, the day I finished high school and got that little certificate, that matric certificate, my parents were like to me, you know what? From now on, we are not giving you money. You need to make your own way. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can come live in our house for free. You can eat our food. You know, that's perfect. But we are not going to pull money out of our wallets to sponsor your lifestyle. That is not what we're doing. You are no longer a child. You are of age to get a job and pay your bills. Pay, do what you need to do because that's what we did. When we were at your age, we were already having jobs. Like my mom used to say to me, I left home when I was 16 years old because back in the days you could leave home with your O levels and be good. Like you could go and like start a life and make a plan. And so she looks at us and she's like, you know what? We're giving you two extra years. You're 18 years old. You're a grown ass adult. Make a plan. And I would honestly do the same. There's no reason why you should be asking me to pay your varsity fees. Why didn't you work your ass off to get a bursary? Why? Why are you not those kids who are getting scholarships and what, what, what? If you really are dying to go to university, make a plan. Because you don't need university in this day and age. We can see that, guys. We've seen it countless times. Varsity is just a stepping stone. But not everyone needs that stepping stone. I have a ladder. Some people have, you know, a trampoline that they can use to get to the next level. We don't all need the same means to get to the next level. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I would do. Well, but then my question still is, let's say you're in Form 3 and, um, you know, you've gone to the best school in South Africa, right? And then you realize your parents paid off for you to be in that school. Are you asking for a transfer? You're a minor friend. <laughs> you're 15. <laughs> of course you're going to finish. No. <laughs> no. Okay, listen. What I would do is I would work my ass off to justify why I'm still in that school. So if I find out that my parents had to pay people off for me to be in an amazing school, I'm going to work my ass off and I'm going to make sure that I am the best student. So even if anyone finds out about the scandal, the school will be like, nah, fam, she is doing the most at the school. So we're going to, you know. It works. We're going to give right, them a scholarship right. to make up for it. If you look at schools like PE, PE awards according to how well the student performs in sports and in music. <laughs> don't talk about academics because they don't care about that. But like, and schools do recognize those things. I think my, my issue with, um, you know, those kind of scandals where like, you know, your parents like pay off or whatever. I just think that as, as the receiver of those benefits from your parents, I think you get to an age where you're, you're wise enough to know that what your parents is doing is wrong. And I think it's fine for you to be like, you know what? Um, Y'all want to pay for me to go to varsity. If I can't make it into Harvard and into Princeton and whatever, let me find some community college, do the most that I can there because clearly I wasn't serious when I was in high school. I wasn't serious enough to study hard enough. Let me, that's the sin of me not taking school seriously. So don't turn it into a whole corruption thing because at the end of the day, I think it also affects Parents don't think this process through because you're going to pay for me to go to Yale. I was a little dumb, dumb. Now I'm in Yale. Now you have to keep paying for me to get a degree. <laughs> then I'm going to get, a, I'm still failing in Yale. Then you're going to, then I'm going to get, you're going to try and find me a job. I'm still going to suck at that job because my whole life I've just been lying to myself about like what I'm doing. So at the end of the day, what have you accomplished? Like as a parent, you, you've actually destroyed your child. Let your kid actually work and do the things that they're good at. If they suck at school, then it's fine. Find something else. If 
I think we we've we've grown up in such a toxic environment like what Jordan was saying where we think that oh my gosh that degree like it's not just an African thing I think we think that it's an African thing it's just a people thing yes it's great I'm not telling people don't get a degree but what I'm saying is if life has dealt you a crappy hand and you do not have a piece of paper telling you that you understand um, how a plant photosynthesizes it's fine figure out another hustle and make it work. Steve Jobs had no idea how to make computers. He found a friend who was smart enough. He knew how to run the business. He found a friend who knew how to make the computers and wow, he ended up having Apple products. And he also had white privilege. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's add that into wow. the equation. Wow. We're not looking at that yet, Jordan. One problem at a time, one problem at a time. <laughs> But anyway, no, we're not, we're not, we're not, we're not about to like, you know, we're not about to dive into that right this moment. But, I, you know, I think it obviously does play a role. Like if you, with that whole college admissions thing, it's like, it's a white thing. Like it's a white privilege thing, you know? And, and I think that there are a lot of people, if a black person was to do that and to like admit their child into a school because they paid like all these funds they would be done they would be cancelled people would be like we're not doing this you know like they would be buried six feet under the jail like they wouldn't even be in the jail you know what i'm saying like it's so different when you're a black person compared to your when you're a white person or when you're a man compared to a woman you know there's so many respectability politics that play so differently according to your intersection in society you know and this obviously leads me to my next question which is basically discussing cancel culture and whether or not cancel culture is a real thing so i'd love to hear from y'all like what are your what is your idea of cancel culture what does what is what do you get from that when you hear cancel culture and do you think that it's an actual thing do you think it really exists or is it just something that the internet created because the internet creates a whole bunch of stuff and we just jump on the bandwagon. I'm gonna go last on this one. I really <laughs> would love to hear what you guys have to say first. Okay, so cancel culture for me, I think it is, uh, it's toxic. It's like the men are trash movement. I think we blindly cancel people without like a, a ah! plan. <laughs> like, I think when, like, what's the point, guys? You're going to cancel someone. What if someone genuinely just made a mistake? It's not something that's regulated. It can just be a personal thing that, oh, I had a fight with Jordan because she was oversharing on the podcast. So now I'm going to start up some rumor about her and be like, Jordan hates black chicks. And then it's going to be all over Twitter. Now we've canceled Jordan because Vera had a personal vendetta. And then Jordan's life, Jordan's life is ruined. Like, I just feel like it's, it, it's a very toxic kind of thing because it's not regulated in a way that makes sense. I also feel that it's very unfair. Um, I was watching an episode of Superstore and they were talking about canceling people. And they were like, it's unfair that you can cancel someone for something that they said like 10 years ago. I remember there was a scandal with Justin Bieber where he was like making these racist jokes, but he was like five when he made them. Okay, he wasn't five, but he was a kid. And I'm like, you can't bring up something that someone did when they were a stupid teenager and then bring it back in like 15 years later to haunt them and be like, well, you're a trash person because when you were 16, you said that, you know, black people are stupid. Like, come on guys. Like we all say stupid things when we're young. What I think what really matters is what am I doing now in the present moment with my life and things like that. So I think, yeah, I just feel cancel culture is very toxic and 
should be regulated in some way or form. I think people need to fill in a questionnaire. So do you think it exists? <laughs> it does exist, but I just think that it's toxic. It needs to be okay. regulated somehow. I don't know how. <laughs> okay. Cancel culture regulatory border. Okay, yes. cool. <laughs> Put me on. Put me on, guys. Like as long as you're paying me a good a good bag, like I will do the job. Put me on. Like regulatory board. Look at me. Jordan Chanetza board member. That yes. th- that sounds about right. Yes. Of the cancel culture movement. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's it's definitely real. It's is there. Is there for me, to be honest, I, I'm not I'm not for it. Because I've I've made mistakes in my life. I've been forgiven for those mistakes. You know, people have given me a chance. I've been a fool. What kind? I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> well, we we ain't talking about I'm those joking. ones, are we? Now. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, but I I personally believe that people should be afforded a chance to you know, you know, be corrected. You know, you can you can check someone. You know, you correct them. They can. They should also be afforded the chance to show their growth. Yeah. You know, like it's we we evolve over time. We learn new things. You know, it's crazy because you know I'll I'll even take it. <laughs> personally speaking. You said men are trash, right? And call it ignorance, call it what you want. You know, I did not know that men are trash was such a big movement, right? <laughs> I didn't know it Where was such a living? no no you see the thing is I'm not I'm not I'm not on Twitter much right mm-hmm. but here's what I know like every single year you know 16 days against um you know gender-based violence mm-hmm. I'm always there you know I'm against the rape mm-hmm. I'm, I'm against all these things that all fall under men are trash mm-hmm. but I almost got cancelled for not knowing that men are trash was a big movement like that it was crazy. Like my DMs were popping so much. I was like, oh, I had to go and search men are trash. And just like the internet, like just like me, the internet, the whole first page was literally men are trash. And it was all describing trivial matters. So for me, I was like, this is what I thought men are trash was. My ex used to say this to me all the time. She was saying it after we broke up. That's what men are trash was for me. But I'm also supporting everything under men are trash. So I'm like, yo, so because I don't know what men are trash is as a movement, you guys want to cancel me? Like, no, it doesn't make sense. But, you know, like, you know, I was I was afforded the chance to <laughs> redeem myself and educate others, you know, which is what we're supposed to do because, you know, cancel culture definitely lacks empathy and I feel like, we, you know, we, if, if someone makes a mistake and, you know, they're very remorseful and they're willing to learn and they're willing to change, evolve and all that, like, let's give them the chance to. You know, you, can't, you definitely can't crucify someone for, you know, um, saying things when they were so young and everything. You know, you may say, oh, they should have known better. But the question is, put yourself in that position. When you were 13, did you know any better? You probably would have done the same thing. You know, yes. it's different. I'm joking. I'm saying <laughs> it's, it's different when now you're grown. You know, now you're grown and you've been told about this, you've been educated about this, but then you keep on, you know, pressing those same buttons. Now, uh, there, there we, we're going to have issues. 
you know, I might just hop on to, you know, the, the regulatory board and, you know, cancel you myself. <laughs> but before that, you know, if, you know, it's your first time, it's your first time offender, come on, let's, let's give each other a chance. Right, right, right. I feel that, you know what, in my opinion, in my opinion, in my opinion, oh, cancel culture does not exist, guys. It does not exist. It does not exist. It is not real. The girls are making stuff up for the internet. It is not real. I'm sorry. I've been saying this, like, just because someone has been canceled doesn't mean their bank account is suddenly empty. Cancel them, but they're still going to have their millions. They can still buy their way back into society. There have been so many white, white men who have been like under fire in, in, in Hollywood or whatever. Let's think about Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp recently had this scandal with his girlfriend where he was basically taken to court. They were even on trial because he was um, accused of being um, abusive, accused of being like mentally abusive and all this stuff. I don't know what happened with that trial, but basically he has not been canceled. He's still like, oh, Johnny Depp, everyone loves him, everyone. But let's think to someone else who is a black man, who is like R. Kelly or something. A lot of people are like, oh yeah, R. Kelly is canceled. We're not gonna listen to his stuff anymore. Wah, 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 wah. But as much as R. Kelly is canceled, guys, the reason why I'm saying I don't think cancel culture exists is because people still listen to his music. His music still bangs in the club. People still buy his records. Do you know how many people were like, these women are just looking for clout. These women are just trying to tear down the black man because he is finally in a position of influence. So now they're trying to take it away from him. You know, what, 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 what? like there's so many things that came into play but you know when it was a white man it was just like okay you know maybe they were just having kinky sex maybe that's just what they were into like whoa, 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 whoa. like there were so many different scenarios that came into play because he was white but the moment it was like a black person it was completely different or what and what i'm the reason why i say it doesn't exist is because these people can come out of prison they will go into you know whatever state of silence or they'll be excommunicated from society but the moment r kelly makes another album people are gonna buy it whether it's fourteen thousand people forty thousand people or four hundred thousand people he's still selling and if he's selling an album that's worth like five dollars and fourteen thousand people are buying that what is 14 times five guys I'm not about to do the maths, but that is, <laughs> that's more money than I have. That's more money than okay. I have. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's not canceled. We can say he's canceled, but he's not. But R. Kelly that's, is that's canceled, what I girl. R. Kelly, his career is no. It's done. He was no. broke. He couldn't even pay his own bail. They took him off iTunes and Spotify, I think. This guy, he's not coming back. R. Kelly, like, he's done. Like, that's it. He lived a good life. It was a nice round. Bill Cosby, he's canceled. I but think you know what? In the case of R. Kelly, guys, we can't call we can't really call that being canceled. He's just getting the consequences for committing crimes. He's a criminal. He's going to prison. You know, he's not being canceled. He's getting what he deserves for being a criminal. Yeah. Simple. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a big difference between being a criminal and being canceled. <laughs> yeah, nah. R. Kelly is canceled. Nah. <laughs> He's a criminal. Nah, also cancelled. Jordan, this guy had a whole six-part series that came out about him sexing children. 
That guy is not coming back. I know. He's not, he's, he's not coming back. It was a criminal case. It's a criminal case like OJ who shot his girlfriend. Oh, well, we don't know. But I mean, like OJ, he's fine. OJ is back in society, guys. OJ is back and living good in society. He is free. He is a free man. Yeah, but I think it's about like the way Hollywood works. It's about what your, what sort of image and persona you're putting out. So as much as um, the minute, I think the minute cancel, like the minute people, someone gets canceled and it gets big enough, I think that does tarnish your image in Hollywood because that means that like, look at Nick Cannon. I'll give Nick Cannon as a great example. Nick Cannon, little cup, Nick Cannon. I'm joking. <laughs> you always do it. Anyway, he got cancelled, right? And literally, it was one of those, um, he lost all of his deals. Wild and Out was making him pretty good money. And he had all of these little franchise things coming out of that. That was all income that was coming to him. And now, because he's the face of that, everyone is like, yeah, no, thanks. No, thank you. Bye. Um, same thing with him on um, The Masked Singer. Like, they're not going to hire him back because he said, and for him, I'm pretty sure it was something he just said when trying, as he was trying to be smart or whatever. But like, it's, it actually does work because Hollywood works on perception. If we think that the Jordan brand is tainted, best believe no one is going to touch it except for some little random brand that advertises bubble gum that's probably going to give you a young 1000 a month which is not going to be enough for your lifestyle and you know you hear all of these stories of these guys having to say oh what if i had to file for bankruptcy it's because it's it falls into those kind of things so yes r kelly is cancelled bill cosby is cancelled ellen degeneres though is not cancelled <laughs> we just didn't like her for a while she's a white woman <laughs> who is protected by the LGBTQIA plus community and she will never be canceled. She is a white gay and the, they love the white gays there in America and they will continue to protect her. No, she will never be canceled, guys. Ugh, I don't even want to hear about her. Can we change the subject next? <laughs> well, okay, but anyway, okay. <laughs> Right, that was a bit. That was a little bit of bitterness from me. Um, but who 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 doesn't like a little bit of bitterness? This conversation has been really, really um, enlightening, to say the least. Enlightening, even though my lighting is slowly dimming because I mean the time, the time on the watch. But anyway, we're not talking about that kind of light, light and enlightenment. Um, so yeah, this this next part of the conversation, it's just a little short part where we take a step back, me and Vera, we're gonna take a step back because we're not as important as the man of the hour or half an hour or 45 minutes or whatever amount of time that is gone past. And so basically we want to give you this platform to just, you know, there are a lot of people who are gonna watch this or who have been following the influence series and they might be thinking, you know, I want to be someone who has influence or I want to be like, well, I want to have my brand, you know, like I want to, I want to do these kinds of things and they might not know exactly how to go about doing that or what steps to take to, to find themselves in a position of influence. I think it's important for us to give solutions and to be solutions based on every single conversation that we have, because as much as you can sound off and make it all this noise about all these kinds of topics, it's pointless if we don't come 
come to any sort of solution based conclusion because then people have nothing that they can work with. People have nothing that they can go home and put into their little piggy bank of um, life lessons. And so this is me asking you if you have any words of wisdom that you would like to share with anyone who is looking to become an influencer or anyone who has found themselves in a position of influence and they don't know what to do with it. First thing, I say this all the time because that's what's important. You know, start where you are. I think that's now my, that's literally my, my signature now. Start, start where you are. You, you, don't need, you don't need to have the greatest graphics. You don't need to, to be in a position where 100 people are listening to you. Focus on, you know, changing one mind at a time. Focus on what you have in front of you and just start. Because in due time, people will catch on. People love realness. People love, you know, they love to connect, you know, and you can't connect if you're not being authentic. If you're not being real, you can hardly ever connect with your people. So start where you are. You know, you don't need to buy the camera, use your phone, just do whatever. Like I was checking out some videos I did back in the day. I was like, hey, yeah, I was cringing. I was like, I need to take these down, but I'm going to keep them up there because, you know, it, it, it's that, you know, starting where I was thing, you know, I just had to decide, you know, do I want to do this or not? And when you start where you are, you then have to decide, like, what is, what is it that I'm doing this for? The reason why, the reason why you're doing something is what will keep pushing you. You know, I was actually shocked the other day. We've been doing Mindset Monday for over a hundred and probably like, what, 108 weeks now, which is two years plus. And wow. I was like, We've, we've come a long way you know sometimes sometimes i'm not feeling i'm not feeling about like i'm not feeling the quote at all you know the quote makes sense but it's not how i'm feeling that day but i'm like you know what someone else needs to hear this if i don't have anything that i want to put out there someone else needs to hear this so it's got to be done you know so my reason are you guys you you people are my reason and that resonates deep within me because you know i want to deliver hope that's what I want to do. I want to deliver hope. I want to change the world. You know, that's a reason deep enough for me to continue doing what I do. So figure out your reason why, you know, when you figure out your reason why, then also, you know, above everything, actually, you know, learn to lead yourself, Mm -hmm. learn to lead yourself. How can you be a king or a queen? You know, if you can't rule over yourself, it it doesn't make sense. So self-development, Get rid of the issues. Fix the issues. You know what issues you have. You know what you need to work on. Get those things in line first before you try and influence other people. Because the thing is, when you then come across someone who has the same issues as you, you might end up you know, actually influencing each other to do the wrong thing instead of you dealing with your issues first so that you can help them deal with those same issues. You know, that's really important. Other than that, look, at the end of the day, just, just go for it, man. Like, you know, it may be hard. It's definitely hard. It's, this stuff is not easy. It is not easy. You know, but as you add more value, so it's a value exchange. As you add more value to people, people add value to you. You learn. Always be willing to learn. That's one thing I've learned. I learned from everybody, you know, and never feel like, you know, you're at the top. 
because every single time I've sat there and thought, you know, I'm getting there. I realize just how much of a long way I have to go. So guys, keep your head down, stay, you know, stay in the trenches, just keep working, you know, keep working, you know, outside of the rewards of, you know, whatever you're putting out, just keep going because what's important is changing the world. What's important. If you love to see people smile, then make people smile, you know, and I, I love, I love, I love people with a strong reason why, because they'll never quit. You know, I've seen people struggle, you know, they're struggling in their, you know, in the influencer career or whatever it is you want to call it. They're struggling to influence, but it's crazy because every single person has someone that looks up to them. Mm. You know, I sat there and I was like, well, you know, no matter how whack you think you are, no matter how dope you think you are, someone is always watching. Like, you know, I want to be like him. I want to be like her when I grow up. It's crazy. And you may not believe it, but it's crazy because someone is watching. I've seen kids from church come up to me and say, hey, I want to I wanna be like you when I grow up. I'm like, what do you mean? Dude. <laughs> like, what? What do you mean? Like, I, I'm that guy. Because I go to church. I sit. I listen. I leave. Barely interact with anyone. I'm like, what exactly is it that you've seen? The one kid then came up to me and said, oh, no, look, um, I found you on Instagram. I'm like, how old are you? He's like, I'm nine. I'm like, whoa. Uh- I'm like, whoa. Then I realized whatever it is I'm putting out there, nine-year-olds have access to it. Wow. You know, 40-year-olds have access to it. So, and, you know, it's like, yo, this is a big responsibility. So whatever you choose to do, just remember it's a big responsibility that you're taking on and just make sure it's your duty. You know, you owe it to us and you owe it to yourself to deliver the best and the most authentic content because we just want realness and, you know, just be kind to people. And my favorite quote is by Zig Ziglar. And it goes, in order to reach, okay, in order to get to where you want, help enough people get where they want first. So humble yourself, put others first and make sure that you help as many people as you can on your journey because in due time, you know, Jordan was talking about, you know, some having ladders, some having trampolines. You may have a ladder and you're going one step at a time and someone may have a trampoline, but, you know, they need that initial push onto the trampoline. Maybe you could be that person. Mm -hmm. And when you push them on that trampoline and then they soar higher than you, they're going to bring you up at the end of the day. So that's basically all I've got for the people. But yeah. Love that. Love that so much. I really appreciate um, you giving us those nuggets. You're making me crave McDonald's chicken nuggets. But anyway, that's a conversation. <laughs> for another time. Um, but thank you. Thank you. That was that was really great. I really appreciate that. I think that's even things that I could use for myself. Um, and anyone who watches that, I think that, that they could use that. And um, before we end up this conversation, I think that this, it's important for me to allow you to also have room to speak on anything that you feel like we might have left out of the conversation. Anything that you might be passionate about, like if you feel like you want to plug um, anything, please go ahead um, and do that. Take the space. I'm actually going to talk about the one thing I've learned this year. The one thing I've learned this year is, you know, ask Which for help. Year? In 2021, it's been like 31 days. Are you kidding me? I've had, I've had, I've had a tough um, first, first what, first couple of weeks of the year. Funny enough, 
and I've, I've learned to just ask for help, mm. ask for help, no matter what it is, you know, ask, because, you know, if you don't ask, the answer will always be no. And that's one thing I think we lack. We're so afraid to ask for help because this person is going to think this and this person is going to think that. For me, people always assume that I've got, you know, I've got my stuff together. I've got my everything together, but that's not it. You know, sometimes... You know, I also need someone who's going to be like, hey, yo, don't worry, I got this. You know, I got you. You know, and it's something that I've learned this year to actually just ask ask for help. Like, guys, yo, I need help with ABCD. Yo, who do you know that does this and does that? I was so, you know, I have been asking for help, but when I found myself in a position where I needed to ask for a little more help than usual, I wasn't really up for it because... I was like, people would never take me seriously. And I was right, because people just thought, oh, you know what, he's just testing us. Oh, no, he's joking. But, you know, if you sincerely ask for help, you know, people will come through and they will help you. People that you probably never expected, you know, would help you. And speak out. You know, if, if you're not in a good space, find someone to talk to, speak out. Because I think now more than ever, I understand people that, that get, like people that go through depression more, more, than, more than anything. Because I wasn't in a state of depression, but I could tell it was possibly leading towards that because I wasn't saying anything. And then as soon as I opened my mouth, someone was ready there to, you know, help me out. And I was like, oh, so why was I stressing this whole time? Why was I just, you know, in a little world of my own, closing myself up for, for no reason at all? You know, so, yeah. So people just learn to speak out, learn to ask for help and, you know, and just keep the main thing the main thing. I think a lot of the time we get sidetracked. You know, I, I grew up I grew up a Christian and, you know, I'm forever going to be a Christian. That's one thing I know for sure. But whatever your beliefs are, no matter who you are, just stick to your beliefs. You know, stick to what you know. Be open to learning new things, but stick to what you know. Because, you know, those, those are the principles that guide us to be who we are, you know, and who knows, we could pass on those same principles to our kids and, you know, make this world better. But yeah, that's all That's all you guys are going to get from me right now because soon. Yes, time, time, time. Okay, no, okay. That's that's completely perfect. Um, hopefully in the future, you well, we will get more out of you maybe on a future episode. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. But um. Sure. We're so grateful. I am so grateful for for you coming on today. And uh, speaking on the topic of like reaching out to people and not being afraid to ask, like I'm so grateful that when we asked you to be a part of the series, you were so down to be a part of it. There was like not much resistance. You were very open and you were very keen to have these conversations with us. So I'm I think that it's great to see that you apply that sort of um you you apply your own things to yourself and it's not just something that you're coming on here and saying just to sound like you have a lot of good things to say you know what i'm saying like it's actually real because you could you could have just said no to us but you really said yes and you came on you had a good conversation with us you had some good vibes and i really want to say thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts my heart um what's left of it i'm joking um my <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so, 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 so much. Um, you really came with so much insight, so many good questions in to, to like give us some rebuttal on our own conversations. And it's it was really refreshing. And 
I think that a lot of people can take things away from the conversation that we had today. And, you know, one thing that stood out to me is the fact that you said that you need to be um, authentic and you need to stand within yourself and know yourself. And for me, something that always rings true in my mind is the fact that people will love you so much more for standing strong in your convictions than if you are someone who rides the fence and is constantly wishy-washy between, oh, I want to be like this or, oh, I want to be like this. Like, if you just stand strong in your convictions, come rain, come high waters, come, you know, thunder, come, you know, whatever. And you are just like, this is what I believe in and I'm going to stick to it. These are my guns and I'm going to do what I need to do. People will support you because you will always find your tribe. So I completely, I completely understand and agree with where you were coming from. And I'm so grateful to you. Thank you so much, Vera, for um, coming on. I mean, you were definitely going to come on because you're the co-host. So I mean, <laughs> um, but um, yeah, um, one thing that I think people need to understand is that these are amazing conversations that we are getting from these people's minds. They did not have to volunteer this information to us. And I, I think that it's, it's important for us to hear what you guys have to say as well, because there are so many things in this conversation, like the men are trash thing, you know, the, the college scandal thing, the white privilege thing. I want to hear what all of the our rangers have to say, because this content is created for the our rangers and it would not be possible without you. And so we're so grateful to you all for watching and for supporting us and continuing to support us um, even during these COVID times. And so please, shout out shout us out in the comment section like subscribe will's social media handles should be on the screen right now so that you can follow him on all of his social media and show him some love if you want to you know work with him hit him up if you want to uh you know do anything that's gonna be mutually beneficial or whatever hit him up i'm sure that he has room in his life to make things happen just don't waste people's time like don't go and shoot your shot in the dms and be like hey yeah what's good Hi. Like, don't waste people's time guys like unless you're beautiful I, I i don't think he would mind if you're beautiful so if you're beautiful <laughs> shoot your shots there. i am i am taken i am taken i'm not about that uh, sorry ladies uh, we tried <laughs> sorry guys sorry guys we tried to hook you up but you know the man said it's not happening from job he said hey yo no so yeah um i guess we will see you guys on the next one follow our socials, Vera's, mine, her hour, and there are going to be so many more conversations to be had. As I've been saying in the past episodes, in the theme song of the Her Hour podcast, there is a line. There is a line, guys, and it says that every hour is your hour. And so I want to let you guys know that every single hour is your hour, and what you do with those hours is really up to you. So shout out to y'all. Shout out to y'all for empowering yourself and choosing what to do with your time. So, yeah. Thank you guys. See you on the next one. Bye.